Hi friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 12 years, 11 good ones, and have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five, and I'm currently the CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Woohoo! Good to be here. How's it going, friends? We missed you. Yeah. We I, had a brief, a little short one of just me last week, and we missed John. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. We're we're uh, we're hopeful that you, uh, if you've had a chance to listen to our marriage Q and A's uh, with Tyler Hansen, those uh, have been well received, and um, we've got a lot of feedback on those. And keep that coming. And uh, we're, we're excited to be with you today to kind of dive into, you know, I think an area that so often in, in marriages and in our worlds that um, is really hard to put our finger on. And that is the idea of... Uh, the power of denial. Yeah. Rationalization and the power of denial. And not the river in Egypt, but <laughs> denial. Dad jokes. Hashtag, yep, yep. Hashtag dad jokes. Dad jokes. And... And, and really this idea that, uh, you know, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And, and maybe that might be the, the area that we, we gain the most uh, enlightenment from and, and, you know, some hacks and strategies that we've learned and some failures and some lessons and some wins around, you know, being enlightened to things that we didn't know that we didn't know. You know, I, I, there's a lot of different types of knowledge, right? There's things I know, like I know one plus one is two most of the time. I know, and I say most of the time because again, it's it's still a conclusion that's made. Uh, I know, um, you know, where I'm, I know geographically the city that I'm located in. I know certain things. Um, I know when something is a certain color by validation. Sometimes I know, you know, somebody's name. Um, you know, I know what street I'm on, et cetera. Then there's things that I don't know. And I know that I don't know. I know that I don't know. Greek. I know that I don't know um, somebody's name when I run into them. Uh, there's certain times where it's like, I, I know that I don't know. And then there's certain areas where it's like, I don't know that I don't know, right? That I, I have this sense uh, I'm going through the world. It's kind of like when you're, you're on a, if you're on a, you know, a plane, you know, just imagine yourself in the prairies and you're running along and you're running along and you're running along and it looks good and you're looking out there and, and everything is good in your world. And everybody's probably had one of these in their life where it's like you you think something is the way it is until whammy you discover it's different and in that scenario the discovery process hopefully is not gravity right because gravity will act on me if i run off the cliff hopefully at the last (laughs) minute i go oh crap this is not a, a a level ground all the way across to that pretty view across the way when my eyes are fixated on it or whatever. So that's the area that we're trying to discover, those things that we don't know that we don't know. And uh, a lot of times I think they're held in our subconscious, et cetera. I'm gonna read from dictionary.com. The okay. definition of denial, there's several of them. An assertion that something said, believed, alleged, etc., is false. Refusal to believe a doctrine, theory, or the like disbelief in the existence or reality of a thing 
The refusal to satisfy a claim, request, desire, etc., or the refusal of a person making it. Refusal to recognize or acknowledge a disowning or disavowal. That's good. So let's go back go go back to the first one or two. An assertion that something said, believed, alleged, etc., is false. Refusal to believe a doctrine, theory, or the like. So a lot of times it's that just you know kind of that maybe that refusal to to accept. Right. I, I think when I think of this topic, I really think there's three kind of important concepts to, to, to go through. One is is uh, is acceptance. Right. Can I can I actually accept what is actually happening in front of me accurately? Right. And, and then that one is closely tied to what I call my definition of insanity. I don't know what the dictionary definition of insanity is. I know Einstein might say doing the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again, expecting different results. Um, my definition of insanity is the inability to differentiate the truth from the false. So, so I have a map in my head of how things are and what the territory is, and but that thing is just not that way. Um, and then, and then, obvi- and then, what we're talking about here, which is denial which is um, the, you know, the suppression of psycholo- psychologically um, facts, events, circumstances that would tend to provide me a possibility of the truth. When do you feel like denial becomes a problem? It, I think it's inherent, it's like an inherent defect, right? I think it, it, it's, it's, it can always, it's always problematic to not have the truth. And I think ultimately for, you know, like we always talk about, it, it's not, it's not that I need to deny. First, I need to be true to myself, mm-hmm. right? I need to look within myself, have a conversation with myself and go, oh, you know what? What's my motivation? Oh, you know what? I'm lazy. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm, I'm really have some anger stored up or harvard up and I don't necessarily know why. So let me go into that. I think oftentimes it's the denial within ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that, the inability to be able to take responsibility for your actions? Completely. Yeah, that's a great, you know, I think that's a great uh, way of putting it. Yeah, the inability to take responsibility. And I'm trying to flush out in myself and, because it's so subtle, right? It's so, it's so subtle. I'm trying, I try to flush out why. You know, what is the, what is the, I mean, mechanism, obviously we get something from it. We must, right? I think, I think at a basic level of psychology that, that human beings do things uh, that are, that they feel will better their position and or the position of those they care about. Mm. I think that's a basic basis for action. And so I must think, I must feel like subconsciously or consciously like I'm going to get something out of denial. Well, I think there's like self-preservation. You kind of go into self-preservation mode in certain moments. And sometimes I wonder if maybe you haven't learned, we haven't learned it necessarily once you're not a kid anymore. When you're a kid, I think you learn certain things. And I think some of it is sort of innate. And I think some of denial can be kind of innate. I think we see it within our own children that we have to teach that, hey, you need to Pay attention to what your actions are and what you're doing. And I think originally, initially, they're just learning to see other people. 
and they can't necessarily see themselves yet. And we have to teach them how to turn that around and look at themselves and see what is my part in this. And how, yeah, and I and our kids, there's no question. It, it's interesting. Kids will do what they see, and and so how do we best model? Uh, you know, for those that have kids out there, or those that are leaders in any capacity, I think so often, you know, what people see, uh, you do is what they're they're off they're going to try to to emulate. You know, as I'm brainstorming, and you know, every week when we get on here, we have a topic, we have an idea, we have something that really somehow in our week caused us trouble, right? So these are not coming from a space of oh yeah, we have this all figured out. <laughs> um, and here, take this on and, and wear it. Uh, we're often trying to unpack our own struggles and difficulties with denial. And, and so one thing that's coming to my mind that, that I think is true for me is lack of faith often provides me uh, when I'm not, when I don't believe, like, like Malibu, you mentioned our kids, like they have this childlike belief and faith Hmm. um and so so they haven't lost that necessarily you know yet and i don't know that everybody does you know that that necessarily happens but i i know that um you know it was supposed that a couple thousand years ago to, to to just harness and continue throughout our lives to have this childlike faith and and i think when we have that childlike faith when I have that faith I can be more true to myself personally we were just at the beach house the girls and I my family has like a shared beach house and so we were there for the weekend with my parents and that childlike faith (laughs) just reminded me of it I'm like oh we have a hot tub there it'd be fun to have a hot tub at home Melba goes wouldn't you rather have a pool well you're right if I'm really dreaming I guess I would like to have a pool with a hot tub She's like, yeah, me too. With a portal to the unicorn land. Yeah, let's <laughs> add that, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. you go, childlike and, faith. And you know what You know what else, too? Malibu knows unicorns aren't real. Malibu and Canyon. <laughs> they know unicorns aren't real. They know mermaids aren't real. And they're actually asking me, they're like, Daddy, could we have a, could we have a land with the not real things? Like a place <laughs> where, you know, in our house, it, you know, where the not real things could be. But so they have this ability to 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 believe in possibilities, like you said, but also um, to to diagnose and understand at the young age. Well, unicorns really aren't real. Um, yet, so subtly, somehow, some way, we can find ourselves. Uh, I, I can find myself using. You said it. I think denial. And, and the but again, the enemy is rationalization. For sure. Because the rationalization mm-hmm. is self-preservation maybe mm-hmm. in a lot of spots. Mm. Like, I don't want to go through it. I don't want to face it. I don't want to keep it real. And, and, you know, I've been talking to some folks on this, and, and one of the things that's interesting, and we talk about it in the state of marriage, is I just believe you got to learn how to fight. You got to learn how to disagree. You got to learn how to, 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 to argue. Uh, and get through those because in that oftentimes comes the truth. If you're looking at a team concept, um, you know, earlier today I was with a guy who, who's been involved in a lot of team stuff, 
both, you know, especially at the University of Washington. And, um, you know, and he puts on a bunch of camps with teams and sports. And we just saw Virginia, you know, win it all yesterday after losing one of the most epic games ever the year before. And one of the number one dysfunctions of a team, and I've mentioned this book, I believe, before, but I would mention it again, which is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni, if I haven't mentioned it. And he studied a lot of organizational um, development and what works and what doesn't. And one of the number one downfalls of a team is the inability to face conflict, fear of conflict. And the reason why that causes teams so much difficulty is because if they can't face conflict, they can't get to the truth. So they, they're living in this denial, this, this self-preservation kind of world, and, and then they can't get to the right answers more effectively. Some of the greatest uh, boardrooms uh, across America in corporate America have some of the most animated discussions, but they're arguing f- toward one straightforward goal, which is to find the truth, to find the right answer. And then, and then once, once you land on something, you test it. And then you, then you get to find out, is this a horizon is, or am I going to fall off the cliff? Hmm. And then you get to learn from whatever you test based on that, that, those discussions. And so often people self whatever it is you know and so we got to look back and go well why is it that i want to preserve myself by denying this instead of facing this especially within myself well i feel like it's hard i feel like it's a thin line between admitting to not getting it done and turning it into like a self-deprecation like ah crap you're not getting it done so how do you kind of balance the i should the shouldas not shouldn't on yourself yeah. With still like owning it that you're not getting it done. You know what I mean? You, how do you, like how do you not go into denial around something that needs to occur or needs to happen? But how do you And hasn't happened yet? And hasn't Right, or maybe a goal that you're trying to achieve that you haven't achieved yet, or maybe something that you're working on that you're not able to get and you're in denial around it. But I feel like there's a there's a fine line between saying like owning up and saying I haven't done it yet, or I'm not there yet, or I haven't learned it yet. And like turning it into a self-deprecation kind of, oh, I'm just terrible at this, or I'm not good at this. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think one of the things that I think so much of society is doing, and maybe it's because we have these quarterly deadlines, we, we go to school and we operate with a deadline and everything's got a deadline and a deliverable and a deadline and a deliverable, is we create unnecessary resistance on the deliverable uh, of with time and so what if you know I throw this out there often what if you 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 took the time element of a goal and, and I mean we have developed these major goal-setting metrics that are causing possibly a lot of depression in America possibly causing a lot of anxiety in America possibly causing a lot of health issues in America possibly causing a lot of stress in America and this smart Right. You've talked about specific, measurable, attainable, reasonable, whatever. I don't know what reasonable and attainable seem the same to me, but whatever. Some guy came up with this idea and and are realistic <laughs> and, and time sensitive. Hmm. Why? 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 Why not just accomplish a goal as quickly as you can accomplish a goal and live with that result? 
if it's a goal and it's on your goal sheet well, and you prioritize and you prioritize that goal because because what you're compounding to me is the idea of denial as a mechanism of saying well I haven't been able to get this thing accomplished mm-hmm. which also presupposes that shoot I'm not doing the best I can mm-hmm. which is which may be totally uh, an inaccurate insane inability to differentiate the truth from the false definition of self mm-hmm. that I'm not doing the best I can what if I just tell myself shoot I'm doing the best I can yeah and then I mean I think it's that. definitely easier I mean it's easier for me to assume that you're doing the best that you can than it is to assume that I'm doing the best that I can I don't know if that's common for everybody but I feel like it's easier for me to assume other people are doing the best that they can and then I'm hard I'm hardest on myself what do you let's flush that out what do you mean by hardest what do you mean by hard on yourself well like that like that like this whole idea of self-deprecation that I think it's easier I I find that it's a hard it's a fine line between and so you're saying like this time bound I think it's a fine line for me between like it's going into a self-deprecation and like just being unkind to myself being less graceful with myself than I would be with somebody else versus just owning up to the fact that I have set something that I would like to do and I haven't accomplished or moved forward on any of it and you think and so the theory is because the question the inquisition is well what if what if you, you decided what if we decided to stop being hard on ourselves then what would happen Right. I mean, right. I don't I don't know. But I mean, that's kind of the, the logic that well, we're it's hard because like, there's, there's some things that just have to get done on on time. Right. Yeah. Like the baby has to be fed when the baby's hungry. So like everything else has to drop and all the other priorities have to move mm-hmm. when the baby's hungry so that I can sit down and I can feed the baby. I can nurse the baby. So obviously that's the that's the highest priority in that given moment. But in the next moment, there's going to be another priority. Mm-hmm. And so there's multiple, I just think that there's multiple priorities. There's multiple ball, I don't know, fake balls in the air. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think fake balls might be, you know, I don't know if that's a term of art, but we'll, we'll go, we'll run with it. Fake <laughs> balls. Uh, that, that that might even be the the place that we're getting getting ourselves hung up. Because what you're saying is, if 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 you act in priority, which I've always believed might be the best way of organizing action mm. for self, mm-hmm. like self-management. If I act in priority, then there is there is no room for being hard on myself mm-hmm. because I'm acting in priority. Now, if if I'm acting, I guess where you get hard on yourself is acting out of priority. But if it truly I'm acting in priority, putting first things first, then then it's just going to be what it's going to be. A guy told yeah, me. This, I mean, I think, though, if you have commitments and you've made a commitment to something. Then you. I think it's it's hard to make sure that you're not staying, going outside of that commitment. So how do so so then we're lending ourselves to now we're taking this tangent to some degree, but I think it's a really good one because I think that a lot of people probably really relate to what you're saying and and I do from time to time as well, probably less hard on myself, maybe per se than than you are. I think to some degree, I think you really really 
uh, pride your pride excellence, which is which is awesome. But the question I'm begging is like, well, well, what if what if you didn't? I mean, what if, what if you didn't? The uh, you know, there's a story a guy told me today. He said he said, and he's talking about priorities. And uh, well, actually, let's go back. To, I'll tell the story in a second. But let's go back to commitments because because what you're talking about is commitment management is everybody is really trying to undo and figure this out because everybody can get at us with the access to telephones and email. Mm -hmm. And, and so we, we end up in space where just like today we were, we were supposed to podcast at four 30, three 30, sorry. See, there you go. See, I already shifted it in my head. Denial. <laughs> there we go. Never underestimate the power of denial. And maybe there is power in denial, but, we were supposed to podcast at 3.30. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, some denial is okay. We can talk about that. We did talk about that during our marriage thing. We did. <laughs> you can you can remember things differently in the past in order to shed a good light on your marriage. Totally. And I think you can I think you and I can think do that's that across little, I think the that board. would probably be defined as, that. A, yeah. as denial. So I think that side of denial is probably good. Nice. So there we go. We found, we found a use for <laughs> denial. And, and so if you go back to, well, we're supposed to go at 3.30. We have technology, we send a text, and, and we move the time frame back, and then, then the guy shows up who wants to bid the job in the yard, and, it, and, it, and it, it starts to, because that was a priority, and that guy's time is hard to get, and he's coming out, and so now, now we're doing that, and Tyler and Jeremy are acting on priorities as we speak in, in the world of, of, I mean, literally the phone is a computer in our hand, mm -hmm. so we can execute, right? I just got a text from a Young Life kid that I just glanced at, and I don't know what I don't know what Kelvin wants, but Kelvin is the man. Okay, just so you know. Hi, Kelvin. Go Red Hawks, Seattle U. Going to graduate <laughs> this year. Whoever hires him is going to hit the lotto. But at the end of the day, it's like commitment management becomes a task in and of itself because really the integrity starts to get mm. thrown off when when I don't manage those commitments effectively. Now, I learned one of the greatest lessons in this by a good friend of mine, uh, Billy Tormey. And, and he was, coming, he was on, coming to our advisory board meeting and it was probably at 6.30, I don't remember when, what day, it was a while ago. And you know, he called me at 5.30 and he said, Johnny, um, Katie's gotta fly really early tomorrow. And, and I just want to spend some time with her before she flies out. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it. And so he managed his commitments within his priorities. Mm -hmm. And man, it works. And so, because I think that, and he's wiser and older and live longer, because there is a toll and a price to be paid for us getting in that space of what you're calling um, self self you know pity poor me yeah. whatever that just place of man i'm not good enough all that's all all those things provide Is deprecation us. even a word <laughs> i, I think all of a sudden it sounded jeremy's, odd. jeremy's back checking okay, he says good, he's you. nodding yeah so <laughs> so the by the way jeremy just got engaged Woohoo! he is getting <laughs> married Congratulations. I tried to sing him that song yesterday on the, when I called him too, and that was better than mine. Um, Neither one of us can sing. Mm -hmm. So it works out well in our kitchen, because we can't tell. 
but so if we get to the so to get kind of get to an you know kind of maybe some solutions around this is we're, what we're saying is if if prioritization know what your priorities are anchor on your priorities and 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 maybe i'm just saying maybe just maybe the guys that taught us smart goals weren't that smart yeah I maybe mean, I they think... should be small goals specific measurable and attainable <laughs> like well, i'm I mean, probably not gonna play in the nba one two three i mean i think we you've talked about that before right you just pick your top three and that's what is it top three that you're trying to get done that day you got mit yeah most important tasks yeah yeah come hook or high water the top three things get done and not only just the top three but the thing that's at the top is the most important priority and if it takes me the entire day to accomplish that goal well then so be it now today remember i was driving home and i said shoot i had i might have scheduled one more meeting than i should have mm-hmm. you know because there's so much focus there's so much ability to to apply energy to each task and, and thing that comes up and, and sometimes you don't know how much energy and and you know that something's going to take and focus something's going to take but yeah i felt like that i felt like man i i might have scheduled one more thing on my mit list today than i I should i think i get thrown off because i like i have a commitment i have a commitment at home and i have a commitment at work and they're paying me to be there right they're paying me to do a good job and so when something at home pulls me away from being able to do a good job there, I it feels it feels outside of my integrity because I want to do a good job. Of course. So you so you so Peter Drucker writes a great book called The Effective Executive and 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 in those spaces where you feel that integrity pull, you you look in your what you can do to to bring that back into a line and and or get it you know what you do or what team people on our team do is the same thing you find a way to get it done mm-hmm. you find a way to get it done and so you but you're acting within your priorities and now sometimes you might lose a little sleep right you might have to wake up a little earlier than you would like to you might have to you know put off something else in the short term to get it accomplished but that's what you do. Um, to your point, you know, I love one of the lines Peter Drucker said about time blocking and priorities. And he felt that his his killing zone for his effectiveness was like 7 a.m. to or uh, yeah, 7 a.m. to 11. I want to say 7 to 11. And so he said his secretary had. You know, they they call through then and get to you that way. And nowadays, it's uh, you're so accessible, which makes this. I think more of a challenge and, and maybe to some degree, you know, we're, we're a little less effective in, in accomplishing things without, you know, having commitments overlap. But he said, uh, you know, he said two people are, are able to get through to me in seven to 11. He said, my wife and the president of the United States. And he said, the president doesn't call very often. And my wife knows better. And my wife knows better. And, and that, but you have to communicate again. Now we're back to the people in our world. We have to communicate what our priorities are and what our commitments are in order to get the desired results within what our goals are. There's no, but, and, and that's all there can be. And so I, I feel like though, it's so easy to get to a spot that makes, that gets difficult and it's easy to make an excuse. And I think that's where the denial piece comes in is that, it is, it's difficult to have to juggle a lot of things, 
But does that just mean I give up? Is that where the denial piece comes in? I mean, I feel like it could be very easy to say, you know what? This is too hard. There's right. Denial. I'm just not going to work anymore. I'm going to stay home. I really like my job. So Mm -hmm. that would be, but I could just say, this is too hard. It's too hard to balance having four kids at home to balance the, the schedule that we've got and to be working and just say, that's too hard for me. Yeah. And, and that's where the denial piece comes in. And so right. how do you and it hurts you because because it's cause and effect. You make short we make short term denial gives us a short term, but you'd get short term relief. So let's play your hypothetical out. You get short term relief when you deny something. It's just at the beginning of what we talked about, which is man, I deny so that I don't have to feel it right now. But the eventuality of denial is the cliff is coming. Mm-hmm. So when you make decisions based on things that aren't true, right? Yeah, making I mean, decisions based on your current emotion right? instead of the long-term vision. Right. The Bible talks about, it, it, do not be deceived, right? We will reap what we sow. We will reap what we sow. And so we're going to make our sowing, we're going to make our actions, our decisions based on what we believe to be true in our own selves and in those around us. And we're going to get those results. And so we can make that decision. We can make any decision we want. But we got to know that there's a cause and effect to the decision. And some of the big ones, right, in families, in organizations, in marriages. I mean, how many times has your mom and I, and she's been retired for how long? How long has your mom been retired? Mm, I don't know, seven I can't remember. Maybe four years. I have no idea. So guess, guess, <laughs> I'm and I'm, I'm going to try to tell this story in generalities um, because A, one, I know there was somebody in Tri-Cities listening and B, she worked back in that city. But they had somebody in their organization that, that she has brought up to me that everybody kind of knew wasn't not tri-cities was i know i know i'm trying to throw people off okay but but, but there's people listening (laughs) to tri-cities too that kid called me from tri-cities jonathan if you're out there what's up and so but she she has probably brought up the story a hundred times about somebody in her organization that leadership had denial about the fact that and they continued to stay in the organization and so was there cause and effect to those leadership choices? Mm-hmm. They lost phenomenal people. Mm-hmm. Your mom retired earlier than she probably would have, maybe. And so the, the reality is, now she had the choice. Sometimes the cause and effect is, man, there's collateral damage to people left in the organization because they're in denial too. They're like, well, I, shoot, I don't have a choice. And so it is a powerful thing when when the when all things become real that's that's the thing about this is 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 there cert, it's it's not like it's it's really that complete i i guess kind of delusion if you will to to things that are factual that are placed before us that cause us that should cause us to to really take a look and yet we go eh I'm good there because oftentimes I think addiction is this way for sure, mm. right? I oh, think yeah, true. I have one of my biggest rationalizations still to this day is food. Everybody's on the food kick. I'm going to eat the food. I'm going to eat the healthy food, the good food. You know what? If bacon was a vegetable, I'd be a vegetarian, okay? I <laughs> feel like my rationalization is this. 
food makes me feel better sometimes. And so. Not food. Bad food makes you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Crappy food that you would define as crappy makes me (laughs) feel better. That bowl of ice cream that I ate last night with Johnny and Adriana made me feel better. And and so my I feel like I don't know. I, I'm you know, I've not gone seen somebody but A D D D D D probably, right? Maybe shoot, I don't know. From time to time I can go, well, shoot, I'm a little depressed or I feel a little down or whatever. You know what? When I eat ice cream, I am good to go. And so <laughs> I, I I I deny the idea that ice cream is bad for me. And you know what? If I continue to deny that ice cream is bad for me, it will catch up to me. Mm. And, that, and, and, then, and then it all comes in. It's like cigarettes. I mean, if we can go to the nth degree in this in terms of health, it's really easy to see. Um, I can say, well, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't really f- I don't feel like working out. Or I can say, well, man, I, I've, done, I've, been, I've worked out a lot this week. But really one of the biggest denials and rationalization that kills me, and I do this, is when I break appointments to myself. Mm. There's, no more be- there's no more important appointment on my schedule than an appointment with myself. Yeah. Because I made it so that I could be the most effective that I could be. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, ah, I went to the gym yesterday, it's all good, you know, skip a day. Crazy. And I do this. And I try to get better at it. So... I think I think just being mindful and being aware. We've talked about awareness, acceptance, and action. Yeah, we got to be aware. The science of 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 achievement. Tony Robbins talks about awareness is so stinking important. So how do I get to situations where I can be aware? You know what the guy told me today? He said, "Pray on your face." I'm like, pray on my face sounds painful. <laughs> like, put your hands in here. Yeah, just just go all in. <laughs> Just get into praying on on your face, not on your knees, on your face. I'm like, on my face, yes, <laughs> on my face. That's where I got the answers from God. That's where I got the truth, and that's where when the truth came upon me, it set me free, and since then, I have run free of the things that I didn't even know that I didn't know. That was the answer. So shoot, I got the answer earlier today. Pray on my face. Pray our faces off. That might be a and now we're back to faith. I cannot allude, I cannot allude with any good conscience on this podcast that the that that the element and the ingredient in in the in, in what's going to deliver us from all the things that are ailing us is faith. Mm-hmm. And if you want a book on that, the Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Peale is awesome. If 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 it's if you're not going to read the Bible, that's a great one. But it's going to come through faith. It's going to come through the belief that's of, because if I could do it, I would do it. Yeah. So I have to have the, I, I don't have the power, right? And that's why I deny. That's why I eat ice cream. Because ice cream gives me the power for a short term. Cigarettes, cigarettes get a hold of, get a hold of us. And man, at first they made me feel cool. And I, wa- I looked at, you know, really I bought into some marketing and I see something. I'm like, oh man, that's cool. You know, people start buying stuff. It's slow and it's insidious. Mm-hmm. And it's killing us from the inside out. Denial. The inability to face the truth. By definition, the inability to understand, differentiate the truth from the false. We're insane. And then we deny. 
and the compounding nature of insanity and denial, it leaves city councils like the city of Seattle vote nine nothing, and then two weeks later vote nine nothing the other way on the same issue. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Just a little pressure. How's it not five to four or four to six to three? <laughs> it's 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 like group denial. It's like group think on steroids down there. It's nuts. Like somebody should go. No, you know what? On one of those two decisions, we don't know which one was right. But on one of those two decisions, somebody should be standing up, going, no, "I'm not voting for that." If you're willing to take a decision, go nine nothing, and then go nine nothing again two weeks later the other direction. Okay, so if you're saying that part of denial is not knowing what you don't know, mm-hmm. not recognizing something, but you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you find out what you don't know? You got to take stock. You got you to gotta start writing stuff down. Here's my opinion. You got a journal. You got to take a pen and you got to take a paper and you got a journal. And then you got to be willing. It's these old school things that people do in companies because companies like to win. And so they do things that are smart so that their people can be more aware of their behavior and how that affects other people. They do like a 360 review, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, ask my boss. Hey, can you give me some feedback? I had a team member just today. She just that she asked me for feedback. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like this. And what do you see? You know, ask my kids. What do you see? I feel like document anytime something in your gut's not feeling right. Like the, those are good times to journal. It's just like write down what's up, what's off with my gut. If I don't feel that's really good. I don't mean your gut like no, eating too much ice cream. Well, that might be something <laughs> to, to write about too. That's a really that's a, a really good idea. And and actually, I know it's crazy. I, I carry these little moleskin things around and I fill them up year after year after year and half the time they just go and, you know, I, I, I look through them once a quarter and I'll look for something actionable or whatever, but really it's the mechanism of writing with a pen mm-hmm. and onto paper. And so we've, we may have mechanized ourselves out of these, some of these possibilities because I want to take out my phone mm-hmm. and I want to make a note of it. Nice thing about doing it that way is I can search it and find it easier. That's my rationalization but I don't know if it's giving me the same exact power or as much power as, as the old journals used to. You know, I was just reading a journal of, of uh, uh, George Bush's uh, journal before he died, when Barbara was dying. They'd been married for like 60, 73 years or something, you know, and, and he's journaling about it with a pen and a paper. You know, I, I, I think there's certain things that we've, that we've found to be useful to get us to the space that we're in that we are abandoning that may cause us pain in the long run and, and your idea of writing stuff down is good so now what I gotta do I gotta carry a pen around I mean shoot I'm in sales so I've carried a pen since I was like seven sign, sign here sign here we'll take <laughs> care of the rest yeah so so it's habit for me to carry a pen I went back to a paper planner this year yeah. So I don't actually put my calendar in it because, you know, we have email at work. So we have Outlook, you know, yeah. that has all the ca- calendar stuff. But it's got all my to-do lists for the whole day. So anything that comes up during a meeting, I make notes during the meeting on it. And then anything that I need to actually do outside of the meeting, I write it down in the spot that I'm going to do it. So if I'm going to do it on Friday, I write it down on Friday. So when I get there, I remember what I'm actually doing. Maybe one it's day we can helpful. have a love the process planner. Yeah. But no question. It should be on paper. It should be on a, on purpose, and it should be with a pen. And I found we found in, in our work 
uh, team members that write things down get way more accomplished. Mm. I mean, it's night and day. So we've tested, we've tested it because we want to win and we want to compete. And I know that if somebody, if I go to somebody's workstation and they have their most important tasks list written down, the chances that they're going to accomplish those goals is like a hundred percent higher than if they don't. And and it's night and day. Mm. So, I mean, sometimes the answers are so simple. It comes down to now execution to pause how you know to, to have the discipline to go hey you know what i'm in a space where i my gut i don't feel good in my gut so let me write about it mm-hmm. we're so busy calamity mm-hmm. i talked about this in our our team meeting on monday morning is there's typically like three things right there's this busyness there's this pride of hey you know and i'm good i'm good which is the that's like i i that's the lack of love the process. Like yeah. I'm good is like the antithesis of love the process. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we made it. That basically means I don't trust you enough to tell you about it right now. Yeah, and and and, and or I'm good internally, meaning I'm 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 good. I I don't need to continue to take this action. I don't need to continue to progress. Like I, I'm good, you know. And then the the other one is is I would just say the worship of other things, like the ideas. That, that something outside of me can can solve me. And everybody's searching for the thing outside of me that can solve me. And well, what I'm looking for, I'm looking with. Like the solution is in me. And yeah. I've got to execute. Yeah, I mean, comparison's a killer right now, so. <laughs> right. I mean, always, it's always a killer, but I feel like it's a, so easy to get into that trap today. With well, social media right, right now. And, and I think so. So nobody's going to just go. Social media is going to be here. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be here and it's going to continue to grow. Tool. So so how do you guys use the tool right. is to is both a communicative tool. And and I believe if if you follow and listen to the people who who have done something that you want to do, you can success leaves clues. You can gain insights and they can vastly accelerate your ability to accomplish that thing that took somebody else a lot longer to accomplish. And then the third thing that I've always believed is aspire. It provides you with the ability to see possibilities mm-hmm. that you might not have ever, not, might not have had, right? Why, 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 why is it, man, they've got that and I don't, versus if, if it's something that I aspire to uh, relationally or um, uh, an event or whatever. Why not? Why not run and get excited about that? Like Tyler, he said he's probably going down to Pebble Beach, and in in July. And I'm like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. To, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to hear about it because I've always wanted to go down to Pebble Beach at some point. And so I'm curious to hear how it goes, right? And and if I take that approach, and I don't always, by the way, but when I take that approach, man, the. the I, I have a lot better chance of sleeping well at night, of eating less ice cream, right? I think Rachel Hollis puts it well. She says, don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Yeah, or, or, or the old school, don't compare my outside, my, your outsides to my insides or, or whatever, right? Like I look I at, what, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, here's, well shoot, we'll, we'll, say, we'll start one right now. But like, uh, <laughs> what's saying? There isn't one. But don't compare. <laughs> so we'll say one. Don't compare your somebody else's appearance uh, they're out their externals 
to what's inside of me. Right. And I think that's so often what's happening is that I'm comparing people's outsides to my insides. Well, I mean, it's like if you want to write a book and you, you see all these people have already written books about similar topics, then you're sort of implying that's a comparison right there that, well, it's not really needed. But they wrote the book and that's their, their thoughts and their ideas. You have your own thoughts and your own ideas. That's their middle. They're done with that, with that book. They're moving on to something else. But it doesn't mean you can't start and hop in. Totally. On any project across the board, that's a great advice. That's a good idea. Yeah, on anything. All right. I hear a crying baby. Okay. So why don't you summarize? What do you want people to know about denial? Well, I think you said it. I think, I think it really comes down to the, that we got to be aware. We got we to gotta, we gotta implement tools that will provide us with the ability to be aware. Yeah, the inability to acknowledge. Well, the tools were, you know, take a pen, take a paper, journal, whatever is in your mind. Mm-hmm. Write about it. Get it on paper. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Especially when there's an event, fact, or circumstances of your life that is, is not tolerable or is unpleasant to you. Like you said, my gut doesn't feel well. Mm-hmm. Certainly those things, write about them. Put them on paper. Look at them. So you can reflect back. So you can reflect back. And oftentimes the, uh, the, in writing, the answers, the truth becomes more apparent. Love is it. my experience. And, and the, the, if you, you know, if you want to read a guy who really did this well, Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. He, he journaled every night. He was the most, you know, kind of, you know, he said the unexamined life is not worth living. And if he didn't, somebody else did. But it still is a great quote. And, and he lived that quote out. The unexamined life is not worth living. And so we need to take more time to set more time aside to self-examine and then retool from what we find, which won't be what we find when we don't do that. There's my advice. Good. Love it. All right, let's jump into our top four. Is that your quote of the week? What? The unexamined life. Yeah, it should be. We should know. <laughs> we should probably know who said it. Should I look it up? Socrates. Socrates. We're going to go with Socrates, and if that's not right, it's on Tyler. He's looking it up now. But the unexamined life is not worth living. Absolutely. Quote of the week. (laughs) Came through right at the the end. Good job. All right, kid quote of the week. This one comes from Ollie. She was hanging out with my mom. She's three. She's three. She was outside. And my mom was looking at our garden bed that's not planted. She's looking at it, and Olive said something about, um, oh, my mom said, oh, this is a nice garden. And Ollie said, um, not yet. And my mom said, well, yeah, not yet. We have to get it planted. And then Olive says, but on the bright side. And she had nothing to say at the end. She just must have heard that somewhere. <laughs> on the bright side. So that's what I'm thinking. But on the bright side. That's good. You can fill in your own blank. That's good. That's awesome. <laughs> So what are you loving? Um, okay, I am loving, it's going to sound a little woo-woo. I'm loving my jade roller. I got this jade roller for like $6 on Amazon. <laughs> I don't even know about this, so I'm excited to hear. It sits on the count. It sits on the windowsill because it keeps it colder in the bathroom. You probably have seen it. You probably haven't even noticed it, actually. But so it's this jade roller. 
<laughs> the way he's looking at me is making me giggle. You roll your face. It's like this cold piece of jade. Jade stays cold. So it feels really good because you like roll it on your face and it's supposed to help with lymphatic drainage. Sounds fancy. <laughs> you roll it in these certain ways. And it actually feels really good. I don't know if it actually does anything. It is supposed to help with lymphatic drainage. So there's that. But it just feels good in the morning and I've really been enjoying it. This little routine. That's awesome. <laughs> what are you loving? You know, I'm loving that the boat started. Oh, yeah. So good we, work. You got it fixed. We go out to the boat. We're going to go to the Husky softball game. Everybody's ready to go. Turn the key. Click, click, click. Darn it. Already paid the ticket. Frankly, I'm <laughs> glad it was a softball game and not a baseball game. Softball costs less money. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, shoot, must need a new battery. And... Uh, I go look for, I go get a new, and it is an old battery, and Johnny jinxed it, really. He's like, oh, you man, the battery, you're probably going to need a new battery. Um, and so I go get a new battery, I throw it in. I'm excited, we're still going to make the game. going to be like the second inning when we get there. Click, click, click. So then I think it might be the starter solenoid, and so... I go down to O'Reilly's and first I YouTube it like any any good guy trying to fix something. You YouTube it and YouTube's got, I mean, listen, Google and YouTube, it's an amazing time to be alive. Amazing. On the bright side, it is an amazing <laughs> time to be alive. And so I find out this this idea and, and so I get the new starter solenoid in and, and then I actually run the battery down leaving the key on. So now I need to go get the battery charged. It's a brand new battery. So I take it to my uncle's because we don't have a charger here. He sits it on the charger. I get back from my work trip, throw it in the boat, tap a little bit on the starter just in case it's that starter solenoid. Boom, it fires up. And I'm like, man, I better take it for a spin because it hasn't fired up in like two weeks. So I take it for a spin and I make sure I don't turn it off and I come back and then <laughs> I park the boat, turn it off and then turn it back on. And so pretty excited about that that's awesome it's an older it's not fancy it's a <laughs> no. nice I, we we i i've driven some of the most uh fun vehicles that are not fancy and not intentionally necessarily but i think somewhat this idea of what adrian's talking about you know like i you know i just don't want to get i, I don't want to get attached to shiny things but now I'm talking about a boat and I was in Haiti and they wouldn't even know what to do if they saw a boat. So, you know, maybe it's all relative anyway. It is all relative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. What are you learning? Maybe that's denial right there. Um, maybe. Mm-hmm. I am learning. Um, well, I'm reading a couple books. I'm reading The Power of Positive Thinking again. Norman Peel. I mentioned that earlier. Um, I think in there... You know, I think I think I'm I'm really learning um, that I've got to be mindful to the way in which I attach stories to to people, places, and things. Um, I, I think that I, I want to, you know, and it takes discipline to to fully believe that regardless of the past, the future is spotless. Regardless of the past, the future is spotless. I would say that is what I'm learning. That, that today is the day, right? That, that, that all, regardless of past and future, is spotless. That pertains to people, 
pertains to situations. It pertains to organizations. It pertains to the city of Seattle that I just ran under the bus with their city council a little bit ago. It pertains to marriages. the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> pertains to marriages. By the way, that for the record, I, I want the Mariners, <laughs> I want the Seattle Mariners to be my pallbearers so that they can let me down one last time. Yeah. <laughs> Just maybe. Uh, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, 10 and 2. Yeah, yeah. Get the party started, man. <laughs> Facebook, we're so. Here, here's the deal, Seattle. And this is my last rant. And then we got to shut it down. I'm telling you, and I've said it forever, and I think they might have finally canceled this King's Court happy, happy crap that we've run forever. I don't think so. I think I saw someone post in the King's Court just the other day. That's just crazy. Tyler's like, yep, they still got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Felix, Felix gives up uh, three hits in a row, has his hat on sideways, like he should just wear it backwards. I don't, I don't know why he even why he even puts it on when he doesn't wear it forward. And I understand, you know, talk about denial, his, his, his idea and... I hope I don't offend anybody here, but God bless you. I love you. You can shut this thing off. You know, he's like, well, my, my grandpa used to wear his hat sideways in the field, so I wear it out of homage for my grandpa. And that comes in front of the team, which wears a uniform, which looks the same. Imagine that if you're like the drill sergeant. Imagine that if you're in the U.S. Navy SEALs. Like, hey, Sarge, I don't really want to wear this, this combat helmet this direction. Because, no, we're a team. We're going to wear a uniform because we want to perform at the highest level. Put your freaking hat on straight or get the frick out of Seattle. But nobody has that kind of heart in Seattle. And so we continue to get our ass kicked. By the way, I just found out we have the longest streak of missing the playoffs in, a, in any, any sports team in America right now. Anywhere. Oh, 16 years. The Browns have made the playoffs before the freaking Mariners. 16, that's how bad that's it is. That's your lucky number. It is. So maybe we'll win the World Series. That's why I put, because I believe all things are possible, I put 10 bucks on the Mariners at 81 in the Frontier in Vegas two weeks ago when I was down there for March Madness. So To pay 8800 Is that right? <laughs> 80, 80 pays 800 oh. 810 actually gets her 10 bucks back. <laughs> so it actually pays 810 So this would be a great year to go to the World Series. Uh, but, you know, what you're seeing is, you know, oh, my gosh, we're losing all these guys. Oh, man, Cano's going bye-bye. Oh, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to hit the ball. We're going to play baseball. And we're going to give ourselves a shot. I'm telling you, we met Stanton. I, I, I believe him and his wife were pretty locked in. He was charting every pitch. Apparently, he walks around that stadium and he talks to everybody. He knows them by name. He knows their story. He knows what they're about. It takes a little while to change the culture. I don't know how many guys he had to fire but he, pro he went in there and he cleaned some house. That one guy who I, never mind. <laughs> there, there's, he's in Chicago pulling minor league duty, okay? So they're making moves. It's possible. I would be excited. We will be there. I will be there. <laughs> we have, Adrian has a hard time. The Seahawks make the playoffs. They run deep, and she's like, I cannot, I cannot rational. And, and I'll deny it until I'm blue in the face that it's worth every penny to go to the stinking World Series if the Mariners make the World Series. But Adrian will be like, I cannot, I'll just be too nervous. Every inning's like, you know, costing me $50 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not for me. So she'll watch it at home. She'll do her job. I'll do my job and shoot, let's go. Maybe maybe I'll talk her into it. We'll see. We'll see. Go so, get them. Go there, Mariners. Is there anything that you, you want to add? No. You miss anything? No, that was great. Awesome. Go Mariners. Go Mariners. Bye, friends. Have a great week. Have a great week. Let's go. Special thanks to our production crew, Fireland Filmworks, 
and our photographer, the Morgan Taylor. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, share, comment, and follow along on our journey of loving the process. Let's go.